want to read. I should have read it this morning. We would like to express our gratefulness and thankfulness to Westminster First Baptist Church for the use of their Family Life Center for Roger's benefit. We also want to thank every, anyone who has contributed in any way to help us. It might have been a card, a kind word spoken, a phone call, a visit, donation, a meal, or working at the benefit. We also appreciate the meals that have been provided to us on Wednesdays. We'll be eternally grateful for your generosity. Thank you again to the gracious people at Westminster First Baptist Church. May God richly bless each and every one of you. We love uh, Roger and Vicki Whitfield. Continue to remember them. Uh, this journey is uh, not the most pleasant journey to be on. So would you stand together? We read God's holy word in Mark 22, verses 31 through 34. Mark 22. Hello? Luke. Yeah, that'll work. Either, either one of the gospels, we, we'll look at that. Thank you, Dean. Where was I? There he sit, stands right there. He knows it too. Thank y'all. Well, you, you know you pastor so human. I don't know how y'all tolerate it, but uh, they had a, a personnel meeting this afternoon. They told me I was done for. I knew that before they told me, but they just hadn't put me out. Luke 22, 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Look at me, he was saying. Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go, go with thee both into prison and to death. And Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before you that you have thrice, three times denied that thou knowest me. Father, we ask that you would bless the reading of your word. We do pray for Roger and Vicky tonight, Lord. Just be there for them. We pray for Wayne Smith there in the hospital. And we pray for Gabby Terry, Lord, there in Alabama. I pray for their family as they wait for the doctor to give them some results of what all is going to have to take place uh, to mend her body back together. Thank you for your holy word. Thank you for reminding us that we too can fail. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This is the countdown week. And in that week, Judas agrees to betray Jesus. Um, preparation was made for the Passover. The Passover was held. We call it the Lord's Supper. It was the Last Supper. And Jesus at that supper predicts that one of you are going to betray me. And then some of the 
disciples got in an argument as to who would be the greatest in the kingdom. A lot was going on this evening, that night, that week. Um, and then Jesus, you know, Peter outspoken as he was, he said, Lord, I'll go with you. I don't have a problem going with you. I'll go with you anywhere. But I love what Jesus says, son, you can't do it. I know you want to, but you can't do it. But I'm going to pray for you that you'll regain your strength to serve like you're supposed to. Now, you notice in your bulletin, the title, Satan's Desire to Have Us. I especially told Miss Jeannie, I said, I do not want Satan's name capitalized. I never have capitalized it. I never will capitalize it. He's not worthy to be capitalized. So that's why it's that way in the bulletin. If you look, don't say anything to her. Say it to me, okay? Lord, I'm certain it's proper. Hello? Uh, he doesn't deserve any kind of uplifting at all. So we just want to think about Satan's desire to have us. Now, you know, I know, I know you all. I've talked to you all individually, and I know that that everyone that I'm looking at in this room uh, have been saved by the blood of Jesus. And our, our desire is to serve the Lord, but Satan's desire is to have us and to sift us as wheat. Uh, I think many times the devil is not after uh, the lost. He is trying to trip up and set snares and traps for you and for me, that we might stumble and fall away from following Jesus. So let's think about Satan's desire to have us. First of all, Jesus makes a plea for us. Look at, look at the verse 31. Um, Cassie, if you want to, you can put these up one at a time for those that don't have their Bible with them or is trying to root and dig it up somewhere. Um, and the Lord said, Simon called his name twice. He wanted to get his full attention. Simon, look at me. Look at me. Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. And I think about what that verse says. Uh, you know, Jesus knows how to speak to us. You know, I remember... I can't remember the, the actual day, nor the hour, nor the minute, nor the second, but I can take you to the location where that still small voice said, I want you to preach. In my mind, I says back, I don't want to. That voice again says, well, if I'm calling you and you don't surrender, when you stand before me, what is going to be your plea? What's going to be your answer? Jesus knows how to speak to us. You're talking about the fear of God? On the day that I was supposed to tell the chairman of the pulpit committee at Earl's Grove, I would or I would not come. Lynn and I had got up on that normal morning. Just had one son. That was Josh. He's about five years old. We're fixing breakfast. We're fixing our lunches. And I was eat up inside. I knew that I had to talk to her before I left. 
So I simply says, I'm calling, and I call the man's name. I said, I'm calling him today and tell him we aren't coming. With tears in her eyes, she turned. She said, no, you're not. She said, you tell him that we're coming. Now, this was just to come for uh, question and answers and uh, a trial sermon, okay? She was expecting with Caleb about eight and three-quarter months into this. And in her mind, she's thinking, hey, God could take this baby if we're not obedient to him. Again, that was confirmation. That was that still small voice that had spoken to her about what should be done and how it ought to take place. So Jesus knows how to speak to us. Secondly, as we think about, uh, he makes a plea for us there in verse uh, 31. He also knows how to get our attention. And I think about circumstances. You know, I don't believe anything, for, for us as Christians, I don't believe anything just haphazardly happens. You know, I believe it's in God's plan. I believe it's in God's idea. Uh, it's in God's heart. It's in God's mind to put circumstances before us that will cause us to say, hey, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? So he knows how to get our attention. He knows how to speak to us. But also, uh, when he makes his plea for us, he knows how to warn us through somebody or something, a warning. Uh, You know, we've made a lot of decisions in 72 years, a lot of decisions. And not all those decisions have been the right Decision. Not all those decisions have been the right choices. But God has seen us through. Because, you know, we're going to fail. We may have a desire that we want a position or we want this or that. And we pray about this or that. And then it don't happen. And Lynn has always said this. Well, don't fret. Listen, God has a better idea. Something out there is better than what you expect. Uh, So he makes his plea for us in verse 31. Verse 32. Jesus said, but I've prayed for you. That's an individual thing. I believe he was still looking at Peter. Peter's looking at him. He said, but I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, and I don't think he's talking about it being saved here, when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. When you come to your senses, when you realize you can't do what you want to do, uh, then you come to your senses and, uh, you know, Jesus makes a prayer for us. I, I wrote down two things here, that my faith fail not. You know, faith, we we really don't know how much faith we have until it is tried, until it's put to where the saying is, the rubber meets the road. We don't really know how strong our faith is. Um, Sometimes we lose our compassion uh, for the lost. Sometimes we lose our cheerfulness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes we lose our courage to stand up and to speak up uh, for the Lord. Sometimes 
we get, lose sight of the challenge that God puts before us. Now, it's been said many times, God's not going to put more on us than we can bear. Well, challenges is things that uh, he wants us to accomplish, okay? God can accomplish anything he wants to. He doesn't need us. We need him. And it's a, it's a growth process when we, when we think about uh, that our faith fail not. We ought to be growing stronger and stronger in our faith because if you just took a poll of just us who are here and you had to write a number down between 1 and 10, 10 being the greatest, where would you locate your faith of being? You know, and we would be at different levels. We wouldn't all be at the same level in our faith. We like to think we're strong in our faith. Like Peter, I'll go all the way with you. Lord, I'll go to the cross with you. Well, Jesus knows all things. And so he said, hey, I know. Son, I know you have that desire. I know you, 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 it's a challenge for you to follow me. I know you have compassion. I know you, you're excited about it. But, you know, it just can't be. You, you can't do that. And so... You know, we lose sight of these things. Sometimes our enthusiasm is low. Uh, you know, we look at that enthusiasm meter again from 1 to 10. Where is, where is our enthusiasm? Where's our excitement? And then where is our effectiveness? What are we, what are we good at? Uh, you know, I love it when people join our church and jump right in there and go to work. I'm talking, hey, choir, teaching Sunday school, serving uh, deacons, committees, just coming and working and doing things. I love it when people say, hey, you can count on me. I'm going to be here. I want to help you. I want to help you uh, build uh, this church. Because Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. And we're not going to let Satan's uh, discouragement and his unexcitement Calls us not to build his church. We're not talking about the building. We're talking about the people that dwell within here. Um, when, we, when Jesus makes his prayer for us, not only uh, that your faith fail not, but he also says that your conversion remains strong. The joy. I think about David who said, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation, the excitement of my salvation. So we think about our joy. We think about our justification. I've been made right by the blood of Jesus and nothing else. And then we think about also when our, our, our conversion and strengthen our brethren. Uh, <clears throat> I think about the journey. The journey we're on. As I said this morning, this is not a dress rehearsal. This is the real deal. We're on a journey. And our journey, our destination is heaven as a Christian. That's, that's our final destination. You've been on planes before, those of you that fly, and you hear them say, hey, we're, we're making our final approach. You know, hey, this is it. We're going to settle in right here. Well, you know, we're headed for our final approach. When Jesus comes back, we're going to leave this earth. And, though, and if we leave before he comes back, hey, we know where we're going. And I've heard so many times people, oh, we, we lost a good man this week. No, we didn't lose him. Or we lost a good woman this week. No, if they're Christian, we know where they are. We haven't lost them. A third thing in verse 33. So Peter speaking back to the Lord. And he said unto him, Lord, I'm ready. 
You know, that's a big word. Hey, I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. I can see him going into prison, but not death. And when we look at that verse 33, we see the promises that we make. Okay? What do we make? What promises do we make? Well, Peter said, I'm ready. In other words, he's saying, I got it all together, Lord. I, I, I'm ready. At this very moment, at this very second in my life, I got it together. I know what I want to do with you and for you and as us and through you. So uh, he said, I'm ready. He also said, I'm ready to go. I'm not only ready, but I'm ready to go where you go. We sing that song, I'll go where you want me to go. I used to be scared to sing that. Because I knew in my mind what God wanted, and that wasn't what I wanted, so I wasn't going to sing that song. The other song I was always afraid to sing, I surrender all. Do we? Do we surrender all? Uh, you know, we'd, I'd have to say no. No. There's always something that's a hold back. Promises that we make. He said, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Then he says to prison. Then he says to death. You know, that one step of prison is one thing, but to make the step, I'll, I'll, I'll die with you. I'll die with you. And you think back about, about Peter's life and the, the things that he went through uh, to get, to, to even to get to this point. The things that he uh, in, endured through his uh, life of following Christ. You know, I think about him getting out of the boat, walking on water. Man, that took courage, didn't it? Hey, can I come to you, Lord? He asked, can I come? Come. And Lord could have said, now you know you ain't going to walk on water. You better stay in the boat. No. He invites us even today. Lord, I want, I'd love to do this for you. Well, come. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. And so that's what was going on here. He said, I'm ready. I'm ready to go into prison. I'm ready to go into death. Do you think God forgets our promises? <laughs> we make all kind of promises to God. Lord, if you'll get me through this, then I'll do this and that. Well, what if he forgot his promises? You know, sometimes we tend to forget our promises. Well, let me close. We'll look at verse 34. And he said, Jesus said, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth here, Peter. But there's a rooster outside, and I'm in control of him, and he shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. This morning, I wish I'd have recorded and played it for you tonight. It was dawn this morning, just cracking dawn. And I went outside, and the first thing I heard, Man, he's up awful early. <laughs> I went and did what I was going to do. He crowed again. Before I got back in the house, he crowed again three times. Can you imagine the cold chills that must have ran up and down Peter's spine when he heard? <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you awake now? If y'all will look, Cassie is doing the cackling. <laughs> <laughs>
She's a hen, so she's cackling. <laughs> Poor old Danny's hurting, and you just ain't helping a bit. I mean, everybody's saying, who's running that sound? If I was a hen, I'd have laid an egg. <laughs> you don't have to be sorry. I think it's right on time. <laughs> oh my goodness, where was I? <laughs> well, verse 34, he said, you know, you're not, you're, before you can do it, the rooster's going to crow three times, huh? Three times. And I'm satisfied. Jesus makes, he makes a prophecy here. He makes a prediction. Denying the Lord. You know, I want us to look at two sides here, the private side and the public side. The private side of Peter's life that morning, very early, early that morning, him hanging out with different ones, different ones, and now the time has come to show you true colors. But on the private side, I think of my private side, okay? Um... Dr. Stanley this morning was talking about our private side of having a private place where you meet with the Lord one on one. A private side to read God's Word and to pray. There's two important things. Reading His Word every day and praying every day. That's on the private side. But on the public side, Peter knew he had to come out. He had to make a public appearance. On the public side, you know, hey, I've prayed, I've read the word, or vice versa, now it's time to go public. What do you do in the public? Well, we should be a witness. We should be a witness out in the public side, sharing Jesus with somebody. On the public side also, helping a neighbor in some way. In the public side also, loving those that we know don't love us. There's a man that left this church before I became pastor. I'm glad he left before I came because he don't like me. But as time has moved along these past eight years, um, it seems like he likes me a little bit. Because now I, I can shake his hand, he shakes mine. How you doing? Doing good. And one evening at Sandifer Funeral Home, outside I spoke to him. And he said, it's good to see you. He said, let me tell you about those lanterns on each side of that door there. Would you like to hear about it? I said, yes, sir, I would. Now, if I didn't care nothing about them lanterns, I would, okay? I said, yes, sir, I would. He told me the story about those lanterns that's on each side of the, the old part, where they came from and what, what was going on with them. And so, hey, now I see him in restaurants. I see him out. That's on the public side. 
You know, I could have turned when I see him turn and go the other way. You think he'd notice that? Sure he would. He'd notice that. I wanna, I'm, I'm just going to love him regardless. Because I don't feel like he's near my enemy uh, that he used to be. Another public side of us is church attendance. You know, where do, where do people look for us on Sunday? Those of us that are faithful to God, faithful to his house, you know, they're not going to go to our house looking for us. You know, they're going to find us in, in the church. They're going to find us worshiping. And I say that to, to finish up right here. Before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. People are watching us. They're watching First Baptist. I've had people from other denominations say, Boy, y'all's parking lot full on Sunday morning. I say, yes, God is so good to us. God is blessing us in so many ways. God continues to send us first-time guests. People constantly joining. That says something. It says something for you who are advertising. And that's the best way to sell anything is to advertise it. And be happy, be thankful for the church that God has given us. Not the building, although we've been mighty blessed with buildings. But to be happy with one another and check on one another. Satan's desire is to have us. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus tonight that you'd help us to search our hearts, Lord, and when the devil knocks on our door, that we wouldn't even answer it. I think many times about these telemarketers that call our phones, and they always have a special deal for us. Lord, Satan's that way. He always has a special deal that'll turn out rotten. I pray that you'd help us to look to you for guidance and strength that that you're going to see us through even when we deny that we know you. Thank you for these that are here tonight. I pray that you'd bless every home that's represented, God, and we'll love you in Jesus' name. Amen.